Anybody tell you that I miss practice? I made my mistakes. If, 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 if a coach say I miss practice, whatever it is, it's not right on the teleprompter. And y'all hear it, then that's that. Don't you feel like that creates uh, tension between East and West? Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. People have got to know whether or not their president's a crook. There's no words there. Well, I'm not a crook. What does that mean, to play us out? I mean, I might have missed one practice this year. What is... I don't know what that means, to play us out. What does that mean? Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Welcome back to the Same Old Clippers podcast with Lewis Keen and Robert Plum, managing editor of SB Nation. And we have our, I think, second guest uh, of the season so far, Keith Parrish from Fast Break Breakfast. Welcome, Keith. How's it going? Uh, very good, Lewis. Thanks for having me. I'm also from Grits and Grinds, a Memphis Grizzlies podcast. So I'll throw that in there, too. Shouts to Grits and Grinds. And yeah. Brad, how's it going with you? Uh, you know, I'm not honestly not doing too great. I have a little bout with food poisoning, but uh, I'm making <laughs> in there. <laughs> Rob only podcasts from one one room in his house, and uh, the food poisoning has really had us uh, delay delay. What do we do? We know what caused the the food poisoning. Do we have the? Uh, the uh, it, it was uh, some some part of an eggplant parmesan dish. <laughs> I think it was the eggplant. <laughs> Wait, the eggplant? What? I don't think of food poisoning from like vegetables. I don't. I don't know. It could have been the sauce. Uh, yeah, the sauce might have gone bad. I don't know. Did get, but did you get botulism from your freshly made tomato sauce? <laughs> Does no, that still happen? I don't think so. But I did throw up at six in the morning. So. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, basketball. <laughs> Let's get oh, on to basketball. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I've I've allotted you twenty minutes. I've used three of it on food poisoning. <laughs> Um, okay, so we 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 last since we last recorded, I think there's been a full holiday season, but uh, there have been two major losses, uh, which is two losses. Period. Uh, one of them to the Utah Jazz, um, which we'll touch on briefly, um, and more recently to the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, Utah, as a, as a rule of the same old Clippers podcast, we don't respect the Utah Jazz. And, and so we're not going to be spending much time really at all on that loss. I will say someone, um, someone replied to my inflammatory tweet about the Lakers being really fun, but that just being um, funny because it doesn't matter at this point how many games they win in a row even because everyone knows at the end of that streak, they will be playing the Clippers and they will lose that game. So someone replied to that tweet saying, you better hope the Clippers don't play the Jazz in the first round. <laughs> uh, and to which I replied, I mean, no. I mean, I, not really. I, I'm, not, I'm not really worried about the Jazz. You're not scared of uh, up-jump Dion Waiters? No. No, I'm not. I, I, I think... I'll say I think you Clippers are doing a good job right now avoiding the, of avoiding the one or two seed because that means you're not going to face the Grizzlies in the first round. Because I don't like, make into the six or five is out of the question, but seven or eight we can do that. Yeah, the Grizzlies are just a couple of games out. They're eight, um, I think. Yeah, uh, I think depending on the results tonight, they could actually be uh, I think tied with the Spurs. Did the Spurs lose to the Bucks? Has that game gone final? I believe they did. Yeah. 
the Spurs are ahead of us in the loss column, but as far as the games behind and such, the, the, that makes us the Grizzlies tied with the Spurs. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the Grizzlies were 10-point dogs to the Clippers. Um, then what happened? And I don't remember. <laughs> I blacked out shortly after the first quarter ended. Uh, actually, I spent much of that game DMing Clipper like media accounts to just chill out <laughs> because it, it was true. The effort in that game was really bad. Um, but also like, I, you know, Memphis plays hard. They're fun. Like just enjoy the game. Don't, don't like, so like, um, what's his name? Uh, one of, one of these guys was like, this, this is disgraceful. <laughs> Teams, teams get blown out at home every once in a while. I mean, I wasn't expecting them to give up 140 at home, you know, when I showed up at the arena, but happens. People don't seem to understand that the Grizzlies are, like, feisty, and the Grizzlies have been, like, decent for over a month now. Yeah. They, they were 8-8 eight and eight in December uh, since D'Anthony Melton entered the starting lineup uh, or entered the rotation, just the regular rotation. Um, like there's 15 games that go back to when John Morant returned from a back injury and D'Anthony Melton was part of the lineup in those 15 games. Uh, the Grizzlies have been ahead by double digits in 13 of them. They've been up, they've been up by 17 points, I think in 11 of them, like mm-hmm. they they're, they're nine and six over their last 15 and three of those losses include like, blown 20 point leads and a blow blown double digit fourth quarter leads. So like the Grizzlies have been winning for most of the last like 35 days. Uh, and it's really funny that people don't seem to know yet. Like you see like Clippers, uh, blogger accounts getting really upset that yeah. like, the, I mean the Clippers, you know, you're way better. You, you have way higher end elite talents. You're going to hopefully compete for the NBA title. But like, if you don't show up, the Grizzlies play hard and they're pretty decent. And it was hilarious on a Sunday night or Sunday afternoon, like Suns bloggers or like the Suns announcers in the game are like, well, this is what happens when you don't prepare. You lose to a team at the bottom <laughs> of the standings. And it's like, we're ahead of you in the standings. It's like, we're, we are ahead of you in the standings. How's that eight-year rebuild going? I believe we've passed you in, in, in the rebuild. Uh, and so it, it is funny that people don't understand that, like, for the last 15 games, like, the Grizzlies have been not only fun, but they're actually, like, kind of okay. Like, they're kind of they're good-ish. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they have – just a ton of players that come into the game and don't really do stuff that they can't do. Yeah. Um, like D'Anthony Melton, like is a great example of that. I mean, this is someone whose NBA ceiling is probably not that high, but he's doing what he does now, which is like come off the bench, press guys like 80 feet, uh, you know, get steals, get corner threes. He's doing that stuff extremely well. Um and like making himself a lot of money doing that. Uh, Anthony Melton is a god, and <laughs> the, the Grizzlies would be they might be like twelve and three over their last fifteen if they would have played Anthony Melton in these fourth quarters. Like he comes in and he changes the game. He's like a yeah. he's like a Tony Allen light, where he he's not that elite of a defender, but he has more skills offensively. He's hitting his catch and shoot threes, and like every lineup he's a part of is really good. He's a part of this bench unit. Like right now, when I watch these games, I'm just like counting the time till the starting lineup goes out. I'm like, this is boring. Like John Moran is awesome. Jaron Jackson Jr. is super cool. But like I'm, 
Jay Crowder, Dylan Brooks, Jonas Valanciunas get off the court because soon uh, Tyus Jones and DeAnthony Melson and Brandon Clark are coming in, and those guys are wrecking people. I mean, they are abusing the poor second units of other teams. They're forcing a ton of turnovers. Their offensive rating is amazing. I think, they're, they're, I think the net rating um, of those three guys, like if you use that cleaning the glass tool, uh, it's something mm. – I think it's, they're, they're plus 30 when those three guys are – like as far as the net rating, when those three guys, uh, Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark, Anthony Melton, are on the court together. And it's, it's, it's been funny because like as a Twitter commentator and a podcaster, you sit at home being like, Hey, this lineup is like uh, has a 140 offensive rating, and they kill everyone. Uh, let's just play it, and eventually it doesn't. You know, eventually you're like, well, that's why we don't do that every game. But we're, we're again, we're working on 15 games where it's like, hey, wait, this lineup is amazing, and it hasn't not worked yet. Maybe we should do it more at the end of games and not bring back in Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill and uh, Dylan Brooks, who have been really struggling in fourth quarters. Uh, in the the Clippers loss. Well, for you guys, the Clippers win for the Grizzlies. Uh, it was funny because Jay Crowder didn't have to play in the fourth quarter. His fourth quarter stats have been terrible. Jay Crowder had like one of the greatest games in NBA history. Literally, <laughs> uh, as far as I was looking it up, he's he's one of he's one of three guys in history to have five made threes, have twenty five five and five with three blocks and three steals, and he did that after having a December where he averaged ten points per game on thirty percent shooting. So he it was hilarious. He did that. But uh, um, when the Grizzlies go to that, that lineup or when they do use D'Anthony Melton at the shooting guard, like off of Ty, Tyus Jones or off of John Morant, they've been really, really effective. And I think Grizzlies fans, we understand we're in a rebuild, but we're all eager to see, like, what happens if we play good teams and they expect us and we play these lineups? Will they still be able to hold their own? And that's like a big question in the rebuild of like, how good are these guys before we can add some, something else to it? Yeah, the team is like Brandon Clark is really good. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's 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 nice. Yeah, and they they go like they go three deep at basically like every if you consider there being like three positions like big wing and guard, they have like very good like Jonas Valanciunas like you you may want him to get off the floor, but like that's a the very legitimate NBA player. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Aaron Jackson, it's like hitting his threes, he's blocking shots, and he's staying out of foul trouble. Like, uh, it, they have a lot of guys. Um, and it's funny that, like, you mentioned that thing about the, the Phoenix Suns game where the Suns, are, the Suns announcers are, like, upset about it. There were games last year when the Clippers would beat the team, and then that team would have, like, a players only meeting like, <laughs> right right after right that. Uh, because the, the people just didn't expect uh, the clippers to come in and out hustle them and this year the clippers have you know flipped the script they're now the team whose locker room is emotionally stricken um, after losses to teams that play harder than them i was um, so i'll tell you one more thing about the about the grizzlies yeah their locker room has an extremely loud loudspeaker in it oh like they have louder they play louder music in the pregame locker room than i would say i, I feel comfortable saying at least 80 percent of nba teams it's very loud in there that's, um, that's, that's good insight yeah it is i was i was in there talking to uh kyle anderson uh who was clipping his toenails for fingernails 
it's like it's like fingernails are like flying all over me as I'm like asking him questions about who to say to the locker room and stuff like that. Uh, uh, you know, I talked to Grayson Allen a bit. I was like, who, who, Grayson Allen was the one DJing. Uh, oh, and he was playing like harder rap than I was uh, honestly even familiar with. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just a good vibe in there. So I went from there to the Clippers locker room, which has no music pregame. And I asked Zubats, like, oh, how come no one plays music in here? Like, the Grizzlies down the hall are, like, blasting hip-hop over there. He's like, well, look at their record versus ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, <laughs> maybe they needed it for the Saturday yeah. morning game. Maybe so. And maybe, and maybe there's that, like, you know, the, the Grizzlies are too young and dumb to know what they're doing right now, and they're just having fun. They're just playing loud music, and they're just going out, and they're getting up to big leads, and they're blowing maybe a third of those big leads, but they're still, they're still having fun, and they're just playing, like, you know, loose because there's, there's no pressure because this season is all about they know the, the goal is not playoffs. The goal is to get better for years, like, three and four of Jaron and years two, three and four of, of John Morant. And so they're playing loose. And, hey, if the playoffs happen, maybe it will. It probably won't. You know, the odds are that it won't. But, like, they're playing loose. They turn, they're turning the music up loud. And uh, I think, like, Jaron Jackson said something about it when they said, like, how did, how did that happen? And he, he cited a song. I'd have to look it up. I think it was some he, – he cited a song. It sounded like he was maybe uh, – I got to look it up so I don't say anything uh, incorrectly. But – they were like, "How did that game happen?" He's like, "Man, we just, we just, we just pumped, we just pumped the pot uh, pregame." And I was like, "That sounds like you're doing drugs." But then apparently, that's a, that's a song title. I'm gonna, <laughs> exact, I'm gonna find the exact song title, so I'm not totally. Uh... <laughs> that team is fun, and they're super accessible right now to media, which is really nice. Yeah, um, that was one thing that I was impressed by. Was like, John Moran talked for I think like five minutes after the game. Um, really scraping the bottom of the barrel with questions like someone asked like what's your philosophy like of life it's <laughs> just like dude no one asked him about the crossover that he had on jerome robinson and, oh yeah and tomer tomer Zarli, a clippers uh video twitter guy was basically like he was like agitating like man stop asking these like dumb questions like and i was like okay Tomer's going to ask about the crossover because he's always like, he tries to get the, the viral ones. And, and finally Tomer's like, so you guys think you're going to make the playoffs? And I was like, Oh man, no one. And they were like, last question. I was like, man, <laughs> asked him. So I haven't even heard him describe that play. Um, but I was there for that crossover and I was there for the James Harden on Wesley Johnson crossover. Legendary. Yeah. And this, I would say, same same tier the harder one is definitely better and also it's kind of the original of that category the my favorite part of that crossover it, to me it looked like robinson just just slipped and it was not and even sometimes you're like you, he slipped because of the move it, it didn't even seem like he slipped because of the move so i wasn't that excited but like when you see that like there's like the rules uh, high definition slow-mo film version of it where you see Lou Will in the background and he does like a little nod. He's like, all right, you got it. Like you, you earned it. You can shoot. I'm not going to like, yeah. I'm like that little nod was, yeah, that, that was, that was a joy to behold. Lou has said that, um, that John Morant like is his favorite guy. 
like oh, his, yeah. his like up and coming like young guy like he was on the matt barnes steven jackson podcast and they asked him like who are your favorite like young guys in the league to watch and he said shea gilgis alexander yeah this was this year he said shea gilgis alexander first and then he was like uh and then john Morant. he's like oh yeah when i like go on throw an nba game on like i, I, I want to watch memphis and see what they're doing that was pretty cool yeah. uh Taylor Jenkins. Let me, say, let me give you the, uh, the 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 song titles is Bump Pop Smoke. So that was before the Suns game. Jaron Jackson, Jaron Jackson Jr. said the key, Bump Pop Smoke before every game, and that's a, that's the song title. So that's been the philosophy. I guess I guess pop, I guess Pop Smoke is the song, and he says to bump the pop. So, say I don't I don't know. I'm I'm talking about things I have no pop idea. Pop Smoke is the name of a rapper from. Uh, there, okay, there we go. From New York. <laughs> Thank you. I'm out of they, my wheelhouse, out of my element. Um, yeah, that see, that would have been a good answer to the philosophy question that guy asked John Moran. Like, what, what, what is your philosophy? Like, bump, pop, smoke, you know? Yeah, exactly. BPS. Um, Rob, I want to ask you, what, what do you make of the, of the effort problem that seems to be hampering the, the Clippers a little bit these days? I mean, I think, you know, from a, an entertainment perspective, it's pretty dismal. You know, you want to watch guys play hard. Um, it's not very fun to watch players not try hard and kind of give 50% effort or 70% or whatever. Um, you know, in terms of the overall outcome of the season, I'm not super worried about it. And I think it's something that, you know, for good or bad, a lot of really good teams do. Um, you know, a lot of great teams just – Sometimes they just take games off. They take their opponents too lightly um, or, you know, it's just they were out partying or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but it's just more disappointing from a sheer basketball watching perspective. Like it's something we've talked about before on here, but the Clippers haven't been that fun to watch for a lot of this year, um, which is really disappointing considering, you know, the team that they have should on paper be really fun. Um but they haven't been, and a lot of that is, is because of the effort. I think they go 100% you know, pretty infrequently, and when they do, they look incredible. Um, but I, I, I'm not making any big takeaways like, oh, like the locker room hates each other, or you know, this is something that's going to linger until the end of the season. Um, but, I mean, just on, on a game-to-game basis, it's not fun. I don't like it. I, got, I, wonder, I don't watch every Clippers game by any stretch, um, but well, one for me, one thing for the for the Grizzlies game when they played them, and when you see teams that are good, and then it's like you often talk about like, oh, we got beat, the, the effort wasn't there, and the players cite it, you know, like like we weren't there trying. I don't always feel like it's effort. A lot of times, I feel like you know, like the other team comes out hot, and our team actually isn't that. This might be offensive to Clippers fans, like isn't actually that talented and deep. Like the guys who played on Saturday. I mean, the Clippers started Landry Shamit, Derek Walton Jr., Zubach, Mo Harkless, and Kawhi Leonard. That's not a super good lineup. There's a lot of like, eh, that guy's okay. Like, there's a couple of like, that guy's not very good. Or like, and so, and they, they played other guys where like, you know, Montrezl comes in, but they had to play Jerome Robinson a lot. You had to play, you know, I mean, I guess Magruder was, it was mainly when it was out, but like, one reason preseason, like, I wasn't as excited about this Clippers team for the regular season was because like watching some preseason games where Paul George and Kawhi Leonard sat, I was like, oh, are they going to start all these? This is a weird motley crew of guys. And I know they won a bunch of games last year with a motley crew of guys. But just depending on like Lou, Will, and Montrez to come off the bench and save them a lot, 
when like you have a lot of other gaps in the lineup when one of the the big dogs doesn't play like I, I think you know maybe the expectation is they're going to be able to bring it every night when like you're not going to be able to bring it every night like if you start Derek Walton in this league you're going to lose like you're going to lose some games and, and you don't expect to give up 140 points to the Grizzlies but like we tie in effort a lot of times when it's like we as, as you know fans of our own teams we have to be like actually our team isn't that talented and sometimes NBA players get run off the court by their guys yeah I think with that's a very good point there the team is not at full strength and there's pieces that once you take away like even to Zubats runs the pick and roll really well with Kawhi Leonard when Kawhi Leonard sits that pick and roll doesn't just transfer to Paul George like it just is that isn't a threat in the Clippers offense anymore um Patrick Beverly, like when he sits and you're sitting and you're starting Derek Walton Jr. in his place, like his ability to agitate. Well, maybe Patrick Beverly actually does do a good job agitating from the bench, but uh, his ability to actually affect uh, the outcome of the game is, is gone. But having said that, there are plays in that Memphis game, especially from, uh, well, let me just say, you know, there's plays that stand out. And I was in the upper press box uh, with like a bird's eye view pretty much of Kawhi Leonard being 20 feet closer to the ball than anyone else chasing it down yeah. and not getting the ball. And it's like when you're losing by – when you, if, if it was a close game and they, and they lost, then that play wouldn't stick out as much. But like when they give up 140 and they're losing already when, when he does that uh, – People are people will let the will let the players hear about it. Um, Keith, thanks for coming on um, again. Can you plug your your podcast and yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for asking me to come on Fast Break Breakfast. It's a national NBA podcast. We cover every team. It's kind of like comedy slanted. Uh, and if you're a Grizzlies fan, check out Grits and Grinds over on the Blue Wire Network. Uh, that's where just a Grizzlies podcast. Grits and Grinds. Great. Thanks for coming yep. on. Yep. Thanks. Hey, thanks, guys. Yep. Um, going back to this uh, hustle piece um, and, and just how fun the team is to watch, it, it really has gotten under my skin how much fun the Clippers or how much fun the Lakers have been this year. Uh, even though I actually I've begun to enjoy it, you know, just from a basketball fan. Uh, point of view like Contavious Caldwell Pope threw a ridiculous alley-oop to LeBron last night from out of bounds and I'm like damn KCP didn't know you had it in you uh even the announcers like, I don't think the Lakers play-by-play people are that like special but no you, you can hear the enjoyment of the game in their voice Dwight Howard it came out today is doing the slam dunk competition like this is this is the honestly more than the more than the competition or like the rings or anything like that uh the the battle for LA that I care about is who has the more fun team and it seems like virtually impossible that the clippers will take that back this yeah. year uh they've let it completely get away from them um i'm like you know trying to defend them on instagram with players I used to with like my old baseball players that I used to coach and they're like imagine being the five seed and I was like imagine 
uh, losing to the Clippers every time. And then he's like, imagine load management. And I was like, load management is cool. <laughs> but, uh, but everyone thinks that's like, even if you're not a Clipper fan, you think that concept is like mostly ridiculous. And even like the educated, you know, fan media type class that exists on Twitter has acknowledged that Kawhi actually does need to do this. The Clippers and the NBA overall haven't done a good job explaining that to the general public, which all just thinks that Kawhi is taking games off because he can. Um, And so when you have the Lakers that are like doing cool, like fake, what was it? Like Alex Caruso, like hit a reverse layup and LeBron like fake blocked it. Like, there's all these, like, cool things that they've done this year. We've thrown one off the backboard alley-oop. We got to be doing that every game, Rob. (laughs) Uh, I actually – it's funny because I actually don't watch the Lakers very much because on East Coast time, I don't stay up to watch that many Pacific Coast time games in general. Even Clippers games, I usually don't watch the full game if it starts at 10.30 my time on a weekday. Um, And if I'm watching anybody, it's going to be the Clippers. So I really haven't seen – much of the Lakers this year because the Clippers suck up all my, uh, you know, Pacific time zone I'm watching. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's hard to imagine certainly that the Lakers are more fun. I mean, I think there are tons of teams that have been more fun than the Lakers than the Clippers have this year. And the bizarro wizards have been more fun. Um, the bizarro Clippers on the thunder have been really fun. Um, Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are fun. Um, you know, the Sixers are fun just because you never know what's going to happen on any given night and because their fans, like, explode at any bad game. Um, just for kind of, like, kind of, that's more for, like, the social media watching experience. But, like, it's still entertaining. And the Clippers is just, like, they go, they win most of their games. They're not that fun. They don't play that hard. They just kind of win. And then their losses are pretty bad. Um... I mean, when's the last time they had, like, a really fun win? I mean, I don't – I mean, I guess the last Lakers win on Christmas, but – Their wins over the Lakers are really fun. That's it. Yeah, so we get those four games a year, which, like, in some respects are the only four regular season games that matter. But the Clippers have figured that out, too. And, like, someone let them in on that's the only game that I really care about. (laughs) And then there's all these other ones. But I am watching all these other ones, and it's like, man, like, to, like um, they played the Knicks yesterday. They're, they had three guys score over 30 points. That's, like, objectively speaking, very cool. But once they went up, like, in the second quarter, they, they like, basically took control of the game in the second quarter after giving up 45 in the first. Like, my, my family all went to the park. And I just, like, went with them to the park. I was like, I'll catch the rest of this game later. It did not feel like a I need to be on Twitter live during this game in case Blake Griffin, like, dunks Timothy Mozgov into Middle Earth. Like, those (laughs) games were events, you know. And when they played the Grizzlies, um, I went up to the the press box, um, to the upper press box, like, at the beginning of the first quarter, I got up there and I realized like that my auxiliary microphone had at some point like snapped off of the like the clip that I carried in. 
And I was like, shit, like, I now need to decide between missing like four minutes of John Morant and getting this microphone. And I would just not, there just are not that many players in the NBA or teams that have players like that. Uh, that would make me like really consider not going and getting this like brand new microphone that I just bought, which mm-hmm. this is what we're calling the microphone test. <laughs> and I, and I did end up going down and getting it. Um, and I missed uh, the John Morant, like very cool alley-oop. And I was back in time for the Jerome Robinson crossover. Like the, the Clippers have two of the top 10 players in the game. I'm not really like, that worried that I'm going to miss something that cool. Yeah. I mean, I think Kawhi has never been like that. I mean, I think in his prime on defense, sometimes you'd get him taking over on the defensive end where he just have these ridiculous steals, like the infamous sequence where he just took the ball out of Ben McLemore's hands two times in a row, but he hasn't been that player in several years. Um, and Paul George, I think, you know, in the past few years has become a better player, but I think he's become probably somewhat less fun player because he's become more of just a three-point shooter. Um, and, I mean, he used to just unleash all these, you know, crazy dunks and, um, you know, attack the rim a lot more and didn't settle as much. And the three-point shooting is super effective and it's something he should absolutely continue doing. Um, but it's just not as fun to watch him shoot 10 threes a game. Um, yeah, it's not. Um, even when even when they're all going in, it's just not as fun. Um, I still think that Paul George has that fun part of the game in him. I agree. Um, I agree. And I think, he, like, there are moments in games where I'm just like, man, just go and dunk that on him, you know, instead of trying to, like, get the lefty layup around him. Like, just do that next level of athleticism every once in a while um, just to keep me coming back. Um, and I think that Kawhi's, like, fourth quarter takeovers are really fun. To watch, yeah. and he was doing that pretty regularly in the first quarter of the season, um, like in the first like fifteen games or so, he mm-hmm. did that a few times. Um, that's actually like really fun to watch, like just making mid-range shots over and over again. Um, but I don't know, yeah, I don't know what to make of this. I I, I sort of feel like the if the Clippers. Now that the Clippers have, like, yielded control over being the most fun team in L.A., that's – that they have to win the actual games now. (laughs) Like, my my standard for, like, what this team – what I, like, demand of this team is really just for them to be fun. That's why I've been a Clipper fan, like, up until I started writing about sports. Uh, Professionally, I I grew up a Clipper fan because – because they were fun. They were the more fun team in town. Like, they weren't exhausting to root for. They weren't part of, like, this big discourse. Um, but, yeah. Okay. Uh, time for some disrespect. Uh, and this is going to be an ironic disrespect uh, phrased as a begrudging respect. I went into uh, my uh, – last night was Sunday night, which means it's the last night of the fantasy week. And I went in tied, or I went in down one for steals and threes. And I had Devin Booker going. Now, Devin Booker in years past was a chucker. And he would take as many threes as it took to get me that fantasy win. 
But instead, he made a three, like, in the first three minutes of the game and did not make one after that. However, Devin Booker is, in my opinion, he's up there with Kawhi Leonard in terms of mid-range game in the NBA right now. That dude is getting buckets all Mm -hmm. over inside the three-point line, and it's really fun to watch. Like I, so I, I wound up watching the game, and he was just – he was getting to his spots. He had guys on his hip. You know, he was going to work. And he, I think he, last time I checked, he's shooting over 50% um, from the field, which is, like, astounding for someone at his volume. He went for – he got 40 last night with only hitting one three. That dude is, that dude is really something – he's a different player this year. And uh, so I begrudgingly respect him for not just being a fantasy player anymore, but disrespect him for not getting me the W. I like that. Uh, that's good. Wholesome um, some disrespect. That is. I will disrespect uh, Kyle Kuzma because the discourse, I think people have been complaining about the Alex Caruso discourse, but I think the discourse around Kyle Kuzma is worse because I think Alex Caruso is something that's like a lot of, Twitter and like, you know, social media and like Bleacher Report is just like these videos of him or whatever. But with Kuzma, it's like all this agent and executive bullshit where it's like, I forget who, but some big national writer referred to Kuzma as a young star the other day. And it was like, are you serious? He's not young and he's not a star. Like, we, and this is perpetuated by, you know, media people in a way that's just frankly embarrassing. Um, okay. and Lonzo, uh, even Lonzo Ball is fed up with it. Oh yeah, that was great. That was hilarious. Respect to Lonzo Ball for not dapping up Kyle Kuzma. Um, yeah, I mean Kyle Kuzma is it's interesting because like, he seems like a good guy. Like you know, um, in terms of like politically, um, just seems like you know a funny dude. Um, you know, he's from the Flint area. He's continued to support Flint throughout the water crisis. Um, you know, I think I respect him as a person, but he's not a very good NBA player. And like this continued pushing of him as like this Lakers third piece and whatever is, is a ridiculous and it needs to stop. So I'm disrespecting Kyle Kuzma. I, I will push back on that a little bit because I know that a lot of the disrespect, maybe not from you specifically, but from the basketball world at large is because of his hair. And I like his hair. And uh, because there were rumors today of him being uh, potentially offered to Sacramento, uh, I would like to say his hair would be perfect in Sacramento, uh, the Jason Williams Sacramento. And I think uh, it, would, it would be a total heist if the Lakers were able to get, uh, if the Lakers were able to get Bogdan Bogdanovich for him, which I don't think will happen. Um, but yeah, I don't know like what the trade market for him is, but I do know that when people say young star, uh, he actually is uh, a media star, and that has a certain currency. Well, but I mean, this is like the chicken and egg thing, right? It's like you know, is he a star um, because the media says he's a star? You know, at what point does it become a uh, you know self fulfilling prophecy? Like, if everybody goes around saying somebody's a star, they'll be a star, you know? Um, if I paid, if I had that Steve Ballmer money and started paying all these media people, 
people. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> to me, Robert Flum is a star. You know, exactly. Robert Flum is Here a star. Here we go. We're talking. <laughs> this, this is what I should do. Uh, also fund our podcast, Um But I, I don't know. Like, I think it's like a weird media thing that, um, you know, there's been a lot of complaints about how, you know, we've discussed this before with the ratings. Um, and there was some stuff today about there being people pushing back, like I said, on Alex Caruso. Um, and on one hand, like I get it, the Lakers have the biggest fan base. You know, they're going to get the most clicks. They drive the most traffic. And media people ultimately is, you know, a lot of what they want to do is to drive that kind of traffic. Um, so you write about the Lakers, you tweet about the Lakers, whatever. But at some point, you know, is it that you're getting the most traffic because that's all you're talking about all the time is the Lakers. Um, and, you know, I unleashed this hot take on another podcast that I did over the weekend, but I think the NBA would be better off without the Lakers. And that's my speech. Robert, this is why I'm becoming a Laker blogger. <laughs> as you may know, as you may know, I am the founder, creator, writer, and designer of the weekly newsletter and blog, Unstatable. Uh, it's been about the Clippers through the first eight weeks of the season, but the plan was for this Clipper season to be very fun and not exhausting or stressful at all. And yet here we are. I'm not stressed, but I'm not really having that much fun either. In fact, all of this season has seemed like a chore. From the very beginning of this episode, I talked about how much of Memphis Grizzlies game I spent in a state of blackout when what I was really doing was DMing other Clipper people to tell them to chill out. I didn't sign up for this, Rob. Now, if you look at the Lakers, it wouldn't require any changes to my commute. They have Dwight Howard, who's fully rejuvenated and asked my tough question at media day. Who answered my tough question at media day. Mm-hmm. They have KCP, and they have the best basketball player in the world, Alex Caruso. And they have Rajon Rondo, someone who I am certain I could beat in a game of Connect Four. So, I don't know. A lot to think about. Um, probably premature to make any official announcements. So, cancel everything I just said. But, I don't know. Something to think about. And something to be grateful for. Because Lakers, you know, one way or another, they have to find a way to be interesting. Last year, it was for being a complete disaster. LeBron decided he was trading all the team with about 35 games left to play in the season. Yeah. Uh, they played the rest of the season out with those players. Uh, this year, you know, they're fun. If they had just been a middling, you know, if they had just carried out a Charlotte Hornets-like existence, uh, they would still be covered the same way. But they've kind of earned it this year, and and I think we should appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. I think they have earned the coverage this year. They've been really good. They've been really fun, um, you know, and they dominate the coverage. They get a lot of clicks, and they're looking like the best team in the Western Conference. Okay, so are you assuming the Thunder are going to make the playoffs this year? Yeah. Okay, so that leaves one seed in the West Open. Who are you giving that seed to? I hate doing this. I hate it but I think it'll be the Blazers. 
No, that is not where I thought you were going with this. I mean, I just, the Blazers are so boring and every year they do their little run and they make the playoffs. And then outside of last year, they don't do anything. Um, and this, they should have done some bigger rebuild like years ago, but I think they're going to make it. Damian Lillard is the best of those players um, from that tier, I think. And once they get some of their guys back healthy again, I think they'll have the horses to, to make a push. Um, you mean Nurk? Zach Collins, too. Is he coming back this year? I think so, isn't he? I thought he was. I thought he was coming back in February. Yeah, four months from November. Oh, that would be like March. Um, but So maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be the Spurs. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of think it'll be the Spurs. That's probably the safest bet, I'd say. Um, but that would just depress me. Even more than the Blazers, I think. I would love to see the Grizzlies in there. I think just playoff jaw would be so much fun. Yeah, get the grindhouse going again. Jaren, yeah, get the grindhouse going. Get Jaron Jackson against Anthony Davis for a full series. Yeah. Watch this man foul out in literally eight minutes of action. <laughs> but then Brandon Clark comes in to replace him. Brandon Clark's nice, dude. Yeah, it was ridiculous that he fell that far in the draft. It was ridiculous. Yeah, as the- he fell that far in the draft like he was 6'7 or something like that. I like I saw him in person. I was like, "This is a big dude. Why did he fall so far in the draft?" It's because draft. The draft is so dumb. Four years. It's because he's old, and because he's not, you know, some hyped up high school prospect. He's he's quite good. I mean, his he doesn't miss anything either. He was the best player in college basketball last year by advanced numbers, outside of Zion. Like, just crazy defensive stats, super efficient. Um, yeah, it was, it's nuts that he fell that far. He should have gone in probably top 10. But but the, the Clippers didn't pass on him, though. Clippers had, like, the 25th pick, right? 28th. I mean, they bought the 28th pick because they didn't have it. They traded in for Fiondu. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Pretty interesting. All right, well, we'll log off because we're bored. We have nothing else to talk about. Uh, Rob, it's been a good episode. Do you have anything to promote? Uh, Not really. Um, Yeah, no. (laughs) Got nothing. Uh, Well, definitely. Well, why don't you promote 213 Hoops for a minute? Yeah, so um, with the new employment law in California, even though it really doesn't have anything to do with that, uh, SB Nation has released all their California contractors. Um, which includes me and the rest of the Clips Nation staff. So we are founding uh, 213 Hoops, which is going to be a new home for Clippers basketball and, and Clippers analysis, and we're hoping to launch February 1st. So uh, sign up for our Patreon to support us and help us get the money uh, to pay our writers and stuff and, and to get the site built up, and we'll get that content coming up for you. So what's there going to be? Podcasts, blogs? What kind of, what kind of stuff can, can subscribers expect? So the Patreon subscribers, that's only for just to support us. Um, and then most of the specialty there are for, are for podcast bonuses, just getting your name shouted out, 
Um, we can include some our podcast on there too. Right now, it's all Lob the Jam, but um, you know, we can include some bonuses for this pod as well. Um, so we're no content is behind a paywall. It's just that those are just people who you know want to support us. Um, but the content will mostly just be blogging with you know some pods thrown in. Cool. Um, I'm really looking forward to that getting started. Um, until then, uh, people should definitely sign up for Unstatable, which is a weekly newsletter about the Clippers. I think I might start doing more posts on there, not email posts, but just yeah. blog posts um, to get more content coming out regularly. Because the, I, even though I've been doing it weekly, the content doesn't always line up with like the big games. Like I did one like pregame on the Lakers, and then they beat the Lakers. My next one didn't come out for another few days so trying to get something that people can can go to after the games and engage uh, there's also a discord channel um which i link to in the newsletter but anyway you should check that out it's unstatable u-n-s-t-a-t-a-b-l-e.com um and that's 213hoops.com and uh thanks for listening and talk to you after the next clippers loss we talking about practice all right go go and that's tomorrow, and that is it. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I can't do it. I mean, how silly is that? We'll do it live. Practice? We'll do it live. Practice? Do it live. I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Not, a, not, a, not the game that I go out there and, and die for. And play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. I mean, how silly is that?